You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. I had Dr. Leonard Hess from the Dawson Academy in the house. So we did a podcast shoot in our studio, well, in our training center. And we talked about, he shared the best way to recession proof your practice. You have to listen to this. I know you'll enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. We have Lenny in the house. What's going on? It is so great to have you, the leader of the Dawson Academy, in the house. And I, you know, we talked about this doing a podcast, and we're going to have you come by and do it live. And so here we are. It's great to be back. I mean, cheers. Hey, absolutely. It's good to be in Milwaukee. What a beautiful city. You know, great yeah. things are happening here all the time. And uh, every time I'm here, I have a, a great time. The hospitality is amazing. Well, we love having you here and you're going to be kicking off an amazing course tomorrow that we're going to be talking about a little bit. Um, But uh, today we're going to be talking about some of the slowdowns that were, are happening in dentistry and you have a great perspective on, but before we do that, I want people to know who you are. Sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, my name's Leonard Hess. I'm the clinical director of the Dawson Academy. I'm also uh, in private practice full time as well. So I kind of split my time 50, 50. I'm on the road about a hundred days a year lecturing. And so the, what a great privilege that I have that I get to meet, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dentists every year and, you know, get to hear their challenges and, and celebrate their successes and, uh, and, you know, being wet fingered m- myself and being in the trenches every day, um, it's just such a great opportunity to be able to, um, to be able to share the vision of Dr. Dawson. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't, you know, Pete's been, um, he passed away in 2019 and there's really, there's so many dentists out there that really don't know who Pete was at this point in time. Right. And, uh, you know, I've never met anybody, you know, it's such a privilege that I, I get to lead this organization because this would, this organization was such a pivotal point in my life for completely revolutionizing my practice and my attitude. And, uh, my, my, my practice was never the same after I was first introduced to the concepts that, that Pete taught and the younger dentists that are out there that, you know, maybe you've heard that name Dawson. Um, there was nobody in dentistry. I think that was ever as passionate about helping dentists to have their best practice that they could achieve and to help as many people. I don't think that, I don't think there's anybody in dentistry that made a bigger impact 
than, than Peter Dawson. 100%. I'll echo that sentiment. He's probably one of the most important people in my life ever. And um, when he passed away, it was at a time that was very difficult for my family. And I looked at my wife in the middle of my kitchen. I'm like, I got to go. Yeah. She's like, you, are you sure? And I'm like, I have to go. This is like the worst time, but he was one of the most important people. I flew there. I actually landed, drove right there. And I stood in line next to somebody that was from Japan. Yeah. And they had flown all the way there for 22 hours. Yeah. And I'm like, you flew, when are you leaving? Right after this. I go, me too. And we shared the sentiment of how important this man was in our lives. And if you don't know who he is, it's, it's very important for you to find out who he is. But I'll never forget when I was told to go see the DOS, how to put your practice in the top 10. I was 24. He was 64. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to watch some 64-year-old dentist talk for three days. Like, I, what is a 64-year-old person going to teach a 24-year-old person? Right. Well, little did I know everything. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever told you this, but he, I, I loved it so much in that first day. And I went up to him and I said, I didn't want to be here. And he's like, Oh, you didn't. I go, no, I, I, but I'm loving this morning. And I flew all the way here from Arizona and it was in Boston. Yeah. And uh, he said, will you sit at my table for lunch? And I'm like, that's yes. Now I thought I was, I mean, there's 400 dentists there. It was a big round. There's probably 10 dentists there. And I'm like, I'm sitting with the guy. And I was sitting right next, you know, a couple, couple seats over. And I thought, well, I'm going to learn secrets from the master. And you know what he did all lunch? He asked everybody, where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? And then one guy was from Memphis. And he goes, so you ever Memphis? Oh my gosh, there's a barbecue place there. And they knew it and they hit it off. He's like, it's one of my favorite places ever. Where are you from? Where are you from? And I was 24. And I thought to myself, what a dumb lunch. You know, I thought I was going to learn the secrets and what I know now that I didn't know then was I saw the secrets. He was more interested than trying to be interesting to nine other people sitting at his table and wow them with his, you know, brand new home and his beautiful practice and his gorgeous dentistry. He was always so interested. Pete was very uninterested in, in inflating his own ego. Yes, he, 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 he had would. no interest in it. You know? yeah. and, uh, you know, and that just came from just his philosophy on life. It's just you know, treat people like you want to be treated um, and just do the right thing. I got to tell you, that there's so many times now where I have to pinch myself to think, oh my gosh, how, how in the world did it happen? Because I remember yeah. you know, going through my first courses in the academy in the early 2000s and thinking, how cool would it be to, you know, to be in a position to where you're leading this academy. And it's like, be careful what you ask for, because you might get it one day. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a surreal thing to be, to have the privilege. I'm in such a privileged position to be able to pass along his philosophy yeah. and to keep, keep what he wanted alive. Yeah. And you're doing an incredible job. We have so many people from this room that go out to see you do it and they can relate to you. You're a very real guy, you you know, holding some big shoes. So I appreciate that. Great job, brother. Thanks, man. Yeah. So this, you know, what we're going to be talking about today is a theme that's been coming up. I want you to talk about the theme. Well, I tell you, so, you know, like I said, I'm on the road a hundred days a year lecturing. And so nearly every week I'm meeting a lot of dentists and I'm just talking with them about what's going on in their practices and what challenges they're experiencing. And I'll tell you, there's been a very sharp paradigm shift in the last three months or so to where 
so many dentists are coming up to me and they're like, oh, Lenny, like I just had those slowest two months that I've had since since basically COVID when we came back to work. And, you know, I think so many dental practices have been so busy, you know, for the last three years. And all of a sudden it's like they're, they're hitting a brick wall. Yeah. And so I think, you know, you know, from if you if you listen to, you know, what you hear on the news, I mean, they're saying we're not in a recession. But I think from what dentists are telling me, I think we're starting to experience a dental recession. Yeah. And so people are feeling pinched. They're 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 panicking a little bit. And uh, because, you know, if you haven't felt a slow month for, you know, three or four years or whatever, and all of a sudden you have them, that, that's a jolt to the system. Yeah. You start telling yourself stories too. When you yeah. have a slow month, you're like, what yeah, is going know, on? What did I do wrong? Did, you know, <laughs> is, it's, you know, is my staff irritating people? What are we doing? I mean, yeah. I mean, you can start to really, you can go to a negative space pretty quick and think that it's you, but you know, it's not necessarily, but you know, what a great opportunity that they're having right now to, to pivot and make a change. All right. So I'm going to play the 32 year old dentist. Listen to this podcast, driving to work. Mm -hmm. Lenny, you're speaking to me. Yeah. Okay. I've just, I'm experiencing this. What do you, what do you, what do I do? Where, Where do I start? Well, yeah. So, you know, right now, the best thing to do is to educate yourself. Like right now you should be investing in yourself to put yourself in a position where you can come out of this little slowdown, ready to rock and roll more than ever. And you know, the, the biggest change that has to happen is, you know, there, there are so many dentists now that are, that are getting in a rut and the insurance industry is impacting the way dentists run their practice now more than ever. Right. And, uh, you know, it's not the influence on their ability to negotiate what they're going to pay a dentist, all this, it's getting worse for the dentist, not getting better. We're, we're in a weaker position now. You know, a lot of practices are starting to move towards DSOs and now DSOs are negotiating and the insurance, there's a, this battle going on. But the, the trap that almost every dentist falls into these days, and especially younger dentists now, because they're coming out of school, they're, they're in debt up, you know, up the wazoo. They have, they're, they're struggling. They're experiencing this slowdown and, and they're panicking a little bit. But the problem in dentistry is that too many dentists are always treatment planning what's best for the insurance right. company. And they're not doing what's best for the patients, right? Because they're just, tr- they're trying to play that game of, okay, we need to be busy. We need to produce what's insurance going to pay for. And, you know, the, the paradigm shift when you can educate yourself and put yourself in a position where you can diagnose better and you can educate your patients better, people inherently always want to do what's best for themselves, but right. they just need that choice, right? Over, right. I see it over and over again, is that we've got a great standard of care of dentistry in, in the United States, but most people over their lifetime are actually undertreated. Right. And so I want to talk about that too. I'm totally picking up what you're putting down. I'm going to throw some stats at you, and then I want you to comment on it. All right. Because when you look at some of the largest PPO participators, which are good people in this country, they're writing off as much as 42%. The ADA just published their new statistics and the average GP that owns their own dental practice in the United States makes $218,000. And that's down in 10 years. And then one more thing, they ask people to record how many hours they worked per year. Guess how many days on average the GP works in the United States. If you consider a working day, eight hours a day, I want you to guess. And then oh I'm going to tell you that's scary to even know, I, you know, um, just hit me with it. <laughs> 225 days. A year. Holy sm- That is way too many. And it's way up. Yeah. And so I think what you're saying is absolutely true. It's a compressed margin. Costs are going up. Yeah. Write-offs are going up. Dentists 
incomes are going down. And so you might be thinking, well, what dentistry is not as great as I think. That's not true. Dentistry is amazing. You just can't follow the trends. You've got to reverse the trends. And one of the trends, and Pete used to say this all the time, and I never understood it. There's a practice within your practice. 100%. And I didn't even, he said one time, there might be two practices within your practice of undiagnosed, undiscussed dentistry sitting right there in the in the charts, remember yeah. when we had paper charts? Yeah. You could open them up and you could go, there's a ton of dentistry here, right? Well, here's the thing I tell people all the time when, when we're teaching. So we're, we're here, we're going to be teaching our, our first two-day course at, at, the, at the Dawson Academy. It's our uh, functional occlusion course. And, uh, you know, the paradigm shift is the kind of, I always describe that people are getting a veil lifted and they see things differently. Because in dental school, you know, you were really only taught to diagnose problems related to bacteria. Right causing decay or periodontal disease. But the biggest threat to whether or not people keep their dentition healthy long-term or keep their teeth long-term very, has very little to do with bacteria and has everything to do with force and occlusion and how everything is being managed. You know, most people that want a smile makeover, they, they, they don't want it because they want whiter teeth. They want right. it because their teeth are worn and they're chipped and they're cracked and they have, you know, they have this, the teeth of a 70-year-old when they're 40 and that's just not a good combination. So. Right. In dental school, we weren't taught how to treat those types of cases. Right. And they're everywhere. So, you know, I'll put up these photos of showing people with the sizal edges and, you know, dentins exposed here, dentins exposed everywhere in the linguals and maxillary interiors. And, you know, the, the paradigm shift is that dentin's the inner layer, not the outer layer. Right. And it's an open wound. And if these open wounds are exposed in the oral cavity, they ne- I've never seen a tooth heal itself. Right. They only get worse. Right. But most of the time, people aren't in pain. And the assumption for a lot of patients is that if I'm not in pain, I must be healthy. And if the dentist doesn't know how to diagnose the problem, and then what's worse, if they don't know how to treat the problem, then it just goes undiagnosed and it it just gets worse over time. And there is so much else. I'll I'll show these pictures. I'm like, well, how many of you have patients in your practice that look like this? And I'm like, I've got hundreds. Yeah. Right. There is so much work to be done in your practice. You know, I get these mailers that come in the mail. They're like, well, we'll give you 150 new patients a month. And I'm thinking, where, where am I going to put 150 new patients in a month? I don't have sounds room for terrible. that. It's, it sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> because if you diagnose right, if you build a relationship with your patients, you just need a dozen or 20 new patients a month or even less than that. Because if you can, if you can diagnose, if you can educate, and if you can get patients to own their problems, right? The yeah. only way they can own it is by you explaining. Right then people will a lot of times choose to do the best thing. And then insurance doesn't matter. But right. there's just a paradigm shift that most dentists need to make mentally to overcome that. And the hard part about that is we all know that if we want to change our practice, that you're, you're going to put yourself in a position to where you might fail. Right. But it doesn't mean you're going to fail forever. Right. And people who really want to make an impact in the world, what you need to do is you need to be willing and knowingly put yourself in a position where it's going to be uncomfortable right. and, and, and put yourself in a position where you can get over that hump and then great things, great things can happen. Yeah. You know, you got to be a problem solver, Kirk, because you think about who makes the most money in the world. Who's the richest person in the world? Uh, that would be Elon Musk. Musk. Elon Musk. And why is he the richest person in the world? Because solves he problems. solves big problems, right? Yeah. He created an electric car that people want to be seen in. Right. That's cool. It's sexy. It's fast. Electric cars before Tesla came along, nobody wanted to see them, right? You don't want to be seen in that car. It wasn't cool. 
But, you know, same with Jeff Bezos. Like the, the reason why he's so wealthy is he solved a really big problem. It's called instant gratification. You want something, you can have it now. It's like sometimes within a couple hours, they'll get it to you. So he you, solves 12 of my problems per day. <laughs> <laughs> I just need one of those. I tell you, so the, the reality is, you know, when you're saying it was too much, how much? $218,000? Yeah. I mean, that's we are being underpaid for sure. Dentists are working too hard for too little money. But if you want to make more money and you want to work less days a year and you want to have more production per hour, then you need to learn to solve bigger problems. Right. So go back just to, I want a couple of things just to make sure that we're on point this. So when you're experiencing a slowdown, mm-hmm. instead of like investing in marketing or right. adding a new piece of technology, your message is invest in yourself. If you're going to bet on anybody, yeah, bet on you. Bet on yourself because what, what Pete used to say is you need to become a physician of the masquetory system. Right. Right. What we're trained to do is we're, when you come out of dental school, you're, you are passing an examination of minimal competency, not maximum competency. So you're basically coming out. You're a tooth plumber, a tooth mechanic, and that's what Pete used to say all the time. You need to look if you want to. If there's so many dentists out there, right? You you go into an area and it's growing. In North Carolina, where I live, Charlotte, it's booming. There's like twelve thousand people a month moving to our area, yeah. and there's a lot of dentists coming up, and they're popping up, and they're in competition with each other, and so they're kind of in a race to the bottom. Like who can accept more in network insurance plans and I'll do it for less or what have you. And that's the worst thing for our profession. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely the worst thing. But if you want to, if you want to change your practice, stop acting like every other dentist. Yeah, totally agree. You got to pick a different, different mindset. And so good stuff. Now go back to the forces thing, because this is a really important, I heard Pete say this all the time. Like one of the things that gets left out of great education is the whole managing forces and you're carrying that legacy. People are going to be living longer, no matter how beautiful the dentistry is, it's going to fail at some level. So dentists are going to be busier than ever, but that forces thing is, that's an important component. Well, it's, it's, it's the biggest thing that causes uh, restorations to break. Yeah. And if you start replacing your dentistry because it's not holding up, you haven't lost money. You aren't losing money. You lost money. You're done, right? The profitability that you got from doing that case now is out the window. So, you know, the, the key to having a really happy dental life is predictability because predictability leads to profitability. Profitability means you're happy. When your dentistry is predictable, that means your patient's happy and everything can be great that way. But dentistry, if it's not predictable and then if it's not profitable, if you feel like you're working way too hard for the money you're getting, dentistry can start to be a real drag. Yeah. Speak to this. Lenny, why would I need to do this? I learned all this in dental school. You hear this all the time. Sure. I make people go to see you. You know what I mean? Like you just got to go. And what, if I'm the dentist listening to this going like, why would I need to, I learned a lot of this in dental school. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's the funny thing about this is, so I started teaching with the Academy in 2009. And when I started in the Academy, probably the average dentist that was coming through was probably in practice on average about 15 years or maybe a little bit more. And the crazy thing now that what we're seeing in our, in our customers and the dentists are coming through is probably 80% of the dentists that come through now are 10 years or less out of school. Really? It's like a complete flip-flop. Why? Well, I, you know, I think it's a couple different reasons, you know, cause I, I like to ask young dentists this question. And I think a very common answer that I get is that these young dentists now are coming out with so much debt. And I mean, I know what it feels like. I graduated dental school in in 99. I went to Northwestern in Chicago and I graduated with about $260,000 of student loan debt in 99. 
So that'd be like a half million today. Yeah. So I know how horribly suffocating it can feel to be in that much debt. And I think a lot of dentists now they're coming out of it and they're getting these jobs in, in big DSOs or whatever. And they're like, what is going on? This is not what I thought it was going to be. Like, I, you know, I can't, I think they're starting to envision like, what's my life going to look like 10 or 15 years from now if I keep working this way? Right. And I think they're just starting to figure out there's like, I got to act different. I got to do something different. And it's amazing how a lot of these dentists, I mean, I give them a lot of credit because they are, they're, they're willing to invest in themselves right now. And it's not cheap, right? Right. I mean, I think I probably in my first six years of private practice, I spent well over a hundred thousand dollars on CE Yeah, and right out of the gate. And I was broker than broke. Yeah. I was well over a million dollars in debt at that point by the time I, you know, bought a practice and all this stuff. So I congratulate, that was the smartest thing I did. And it it was complete dumb luck for me because what happened for me is I went to at Northwestern and you know, the medical campus is downtown Chicago. So yeah. the apartment building that I lived in was actually right next door to the ADA headquarter building. Really? I know exactly yeah. where that is. Yeah. So, the, and they would bring in a speaker like almost every week and I could go to those lectures for free. And then they would, you know, the, the midwinter meeting back there was four days of CE yeah. and I could go to that for free. So I had, you know, hundreds of hours of CE by the time I graduated dental school. And I was just so lucky to be in that position because I realized like, well, geez, everything I'm learning from these dentists that are doing the CE has nothing to do with what I'm being taught in dental school. Right. And so thank goodness that I had that aha moment and I was just lucky enough to be exposed to this education that it made me realize, wow, I need to invest in myself right away. Right. Can I throw another challenge that I get all the time? And this is, this is a challenge that's not unique to CE, but it's, it's many, I'll say dentists can get their brains around making the investment in CE, but it's the time thing. Sometimes they go, okay, so I'll, I'll play the 32 year old dentist who's listening. Lenny, I love this, yeah. but I have no time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I'm working as hard as I've ever worked. Yep. I have no time to go take the course. I have no time to do it when I come back. I might, I have so much PPO in my practice. If I do this, how do I start putting this into play? What do you like? Let's help dentists get over the hurdle of like, I have no time. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. So, you know, if, if they're looking at it from a money standpoint, you know, the great thing is that, and I say this every time when I'm lecturing, I'll say it this weekend at this course, I'll say, all it takes is improving your clinical skills to the point that you can start to do cases that you couldn't do before. And all it takes is one good case to pay for your entire core curriculum. Totally agree. One case. And so what's funny now is like, I've been saying this now, cause I guess I'm going on like three or four years of being a clinical director. And so now I have all these dentists emailing me these before and after case of these amazing cases. And they're like, you're right, Lenny. I did it. I did this. I could have yeah. never done this case before that I, I went through the academy and now I'm cranking out these amazing cases. And so the, the reality is, cause you were talking about, well, I'm in a lot of these insurance plans. Well, here's the thing. I'm a fee-for-service dentist, but 70% of my patients have dental insurance and all of them want to maximize their benefits. And right. so the, the, the twisted kind of game that dentists will play on themselves sometimes is they'll say, well, Lenny, geez, you know, your struggles are not mine because you're not in network. Okay. That might be true, but 70% of my patients have dental insurance. Right. And the commonality that they have and I have is called a yearly maximum. And it doesn't matter if you're in network or out of network, when you hit that maximum, they're done paying. Right. Right. So at that point in time, the patient's paying out of their pocket. Right. So that's what I run into all the time as well. And the way that I overcome that is through education is giving people the ability to choose 
what the insurance is it, giving them the ability to do what's best for themselves. Right. right. But if, if people aren't given that choice, they can't choose right. to do what's best for themselves because the dentist is just, they're just treatment planning what's best to maximize your insurance benefits today. And we'll move on from that. And so that's how these people get to be 65, 70 years old with a mouthful of dentistry that's not working out very well. Right. Because they were actually undertreated. Yeah. Talk about the, one of the benefits of doing the Dawson curriculum that you find out later is the community piece. You go there to learn and then you realize, oh my gosh, uh, they ha- she has the same problem I have. You have the same problem and you just can't learn it once. It's got to be a continuous. It's almost like a layering of porcelain or a layer of learning or a layer of. So yeah. every time you come back, you're. I always tell people like my favorite book I've read 22 times. It's not that the book has changed. I've changed every time and I see something different the next time Absolutely. that I didn't see prior. Well, it's like the layers of an onion. You know, you get deeper into it and it means different to you, something yeah. different to you as you get experience. It's like when you watch a show that's written really well from a psychological standpoint. So let's say like the Sopranos or Mad Men, yeah. right? Where those writers are really digging into the inner workings of like, how do people become flawed or, you know, why do these people make a bad choice? You know what I mean? Right. And so like every time you watch an amazing show like that, you get something different out of it because you've lived a few more years since you watch it last time. And you're like, oh my gosh, that means something to me now that it didn't before. Right. Because now you have had a life experience, which changes how you show up in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same, it's the same way. Like that community is, you know, the, the problem that every dentist has is that they have patients, right? And patients are human beings. And so, you know, what you realize is the most important thing to realize being a dentist is you are in the people business, right? Because if people don't like you, if they don't trust you that, you know, who do you write big checks to that you don't like, or you don't trust? No one. Just the IRS. <laughs> that's true. That is very true. That's it. But I mean, that's it. And, and if, if you're going to act just like every other dentist and you're going to behave just like every other dentist, then people aren't going to put their trust in you to do major things or write right. you a big check. Right. You got to be in the people business. Okay. So I want to go back to this too. Yeah. When you talk about the slowdown, you mentioned re- one of the ways to recession proof your practice is to go comprehensive. Can you explain that even a little bit more? So help me understand like as, cause recessions are going to happen. Yeah, of course it's going to go like this. Yeah. I think I'm, this is probably going to be like my sixth of my career, maybe seven. I don't know. Oh, you yeah. remember, remember the first Remember, I think it was, was it 2008? Um, I, I can't remember what exactly what time of year it was, but I remember dentists were running back, checking their E-Trade accounts like hourly going, yeah. I'm up yeah. 20% today. <laughs> and I'm like, this is only going to last for a little bit, you know? Mm. So the point is recessions are going to happen. You're going right. to have ups and downs by, by being steady with comprehensive. Share with our listeners how that recession proofs your practice. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's people always that want to, people are always going to invest in their health, right? no matter what, um, you know, people wanting to take care of themselves is recession proof in itself, right? Because people are always going to have money, but when things get tight or when people maybe are feeling less wealthy, then they're going to choose where to spend their money on what, what they're going to spend their money on. They're going to make a little bit more of a narrow choice, right? They're going to be more careful and intentional about what they're investing in. Right. And so most people will invest in their health because they care about how their teeth are going to look. They care about how healthy they look. They, people don't want to lose their dentition, right? So if you are in a position where you can offer people options, um, choosing 
to do the right thing has nothing to do with the recession. Yeah. And there's always going to be that percentage of patients that wants to do the right thing. Yeah. I want to go back to another thing because I'm totally, I'm loving what you're saying. I tell people all the time, the only reason any business ever exists is it solves a very specific problem. And by going to, you know, a great course like the Dawson continuing, you, you're going to become a better problem solver yeah. over time. Thus, people will seek you out. It's actually counterintuitive that you're going to slow down and get busier. 100%. You know, it's, 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 it's the biggest mind, you know, shift that you have. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to slow down to a comprehensive exam. And by somehow people are going to find me that I'm actually doing this comprehensive dentistry and somehow I'm going to get paid more and somehow I'm going to enjoy this by not going faster. Yeah. You know, so I think one of the things that, be, that happens is people get these reputations. I pick on Jim Kincaid all the time. I'm like, I don't even think you're a real, like I've looked you up on the internet. Your, your website is terrible, <laughs> but yet you're one of the busiest guy. Uh, well, not Jim Kincaid. I'm sorry. Jim McKee. Jim Kincaid okay, is, yes. yeah. Um, I have a lot of gyms in my life and I, you know, I was just talking about Jim the other day, but Jim's actually one of my favorite mentors and he actually introduced, he was one of the people that introduced me to Pete and, yeah. and he went through Piper's courses and all that kind of stuff. And he's the butt end of a lot of jokes in Chicago. Like, Oh, he does all the joint patients. Those are the crazy people. And he's like, that's not true. I know how to put these puzzles together. They're, they're actually people that are just looking for solutions. And once oh, you get yeah. good at something, people will find you well, in Charlotte. Do they find, do they seek you out or oh, they just yeah. go, if you, you just dress nice. No, no. <laughs> if you Google like TMJ in Charlotte and my, my website's going to come up first. Yeah. And a lot of dentists are like, Oh God, that's the last thing I want. Like right. I don't, the TMJ patients are crazy and they're not crazy. Right. They're frustrated. Right, the, the most com- complicated joint in the human body is your TMJ. Yeah, and it's our responsibility. Right? right, and we have received in dental school we get zero training on how to manage it. Right, and so you know what most dentists do when they when they have a TMJ patient is they diagnose the patient as having an acute acrylic deficiency, which means make you a night guard because when a dentist doesn't know what to do, let's shove a piece of plastic in there and hope for the right. best, and may, hopefully that patient goes away. But there are so many people out there that are living in pain and discomfort that don't have to be, but they just don't know where to go. Right. And then they get frustrated because, well, I've been to three different dentists and they each made me this different piece of plastic. And if, you know, make no mistake, like if you don't, if you don't know how to make an orthotic splint correctly, you can hurt people. You can, right. you can exacerbate their problems. And then the patients get frustrated because, I, you know, what I end up doing in, in my community is I see a lot of these people come in and they're, they're kind of angry at dentists, right? Because I've spent this money, I'm not getting any relief, and here I am again, and, uh, and, and I get it. I'd be right. frustrated too because the people that are supposed to be doing this, we need to do better as a community of a physician of, of the masquetory system. We need to do a better job helping these patients. And you know what the good news, the good news about being good at splint therapy is typically those people need dentistry to solve the problem permanently. 100%. Right? Because, you know, Dr. Dawson used to always say, you know, the biggest problem is when you take that piece of plastic out, but the problems that created the need for the plastic, it's still there. Right. And, you know, if you're just putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound, you know, the, the patient's still going to die on you. Yeah. So these people need help. They need dentistry. And what a, what a great, you want, you want to become the go-to dentist in your community, start to help take people out of pain and improve their quality of life. And if you can do that, when you start improving somebody's quality of life, they will send you more patients than you know what to do with. Yeah. You know, I was having this conversation uh, last night at dinner with one of our salespeople at the Dawson Academy. She's like, well, we were talking about the slowdown that a lot of dentists are having. And I said, she's like, are you slower? And I said, I'm not. 
I said, I have felt that my new patient flow is a little bit slower, slow down a little bit, but I'm still producing. And like I was just telling her this week, I said, I've had three new patients come in the door that need a lot of dentistry and all of them were referred by another patient that I restored. And when those, and that's just like such a cool thing because, you know, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. It takes time to get where you start having people come in. But when people come in the door and they know you're the person, they know they have a big problem and they're ready to write you a check to solve their problem. That's pretty cool. I love it. I yeah. love it. I want you to talk about what's going to happen in that room before in this room yeah. in the next couple of days. But before we do that, um, give us some final thoughts on, you know, how to, recession-proof your practice by doing more comprehensive dentistry? It's, well, it's just going to start right now. Invest in yourself. Invest in your staff. You know, get, train your team. Your tr- team training, like what you do, is so important because if you don't, if, if you walk out the door, we all know that a lot of times a patient's sitting in that dental chair and they're waiting for you to walk out so they can ask your assistant or whatever, like, do I really need this? And if, and if the vision of health and the, the philosophy of the practice, when it walks out with you, you got a, you got a big problem. Yeah. Big Love problem. It. So invest in yourself, invest in your staff. And it's the, when you start to see a slowdown like this, it's the best time to do that more than ever. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. If I'm listening and I've never heard of the Dawson Academy, yeah. what is it? And what are you doing in the next two days? Yeah. So we're going to, in the next two days, we're going to be teaching our first class. It's, it's two days of lecture. It's called functional inclusion. And basically it's an introduction to everything you need to know that you weren't taught. Okay. And it's over, don't get me wrong. It can be overwhelming. It's an overwhelming two days. I remember myself feeling so overwhelmed the first time I heard Pete give this course. And so it's the first of our seven courses in our core curriculum. So we're big on hands-on training. So our seven course core curriculum, you're going to learn, you're going to learn how to diagnose, you're going to learn how to treatment plan, you're going to learn how to clinically do the cases, you're going to learn how to do them aesthetically correct, right? Aesthetics is such a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, but when you, most dentists, they can make a tooth look beautiful, but it doesn't mean it's functionally correct. And the reality is that proper form follows function. And if you, don't, if you ignore the function, you're going to have failed form. And we actually proved that to be true in the 90s during the aesthetic revolution. Right. Where, you know, it became predictable to bond things to teeth. Yeah. And there was, everybody was getting veneers. And so it actually drove us back to the golden age of occlusion because there's so many failures in, right. in, the, in the profession. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to give you this background. And as dentists come through our core curriculum, when you get done with it, you, you're basically a prosthodontist. You yeah. will know how to treat all the complicated cases that you weren't taught how to treat them in dental school. So aesthetics, phonetics, function, all that stuff that gives us the heebie-jeebies that we worry about when we start to do a lot of dentistry or working on a lot of teeth. We're going to, tr- we're going to train you how to make it predictable, how to make it profitable and, and change your life. We want, one of the goals of the Dawson Academy is we want to help create a practice that works for you instead of you working for your practice. Because yeah. too many, you, in those stats you gave us today, yeah. it just shows you that too many dentists are working for their practice. Yeah. And, um, you know, the beautiful thing about this philosophy, you're doing what's best for the patient and you can't go wrong when you do that. Right. When, when you do what's best for them, the next thing you know, like five years from now, you could be working half the number of days you're working now and making just as much money or more money. I mean, think about what a raise that is. Yeah. If you can, if you can work half the number of days and still make the same amount of money, 
that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And you're holding up the why of the Dawson Academy. So I'm a big fan of obviously the most important book Pete ever wrote, which was the early one. And the one that he finished right before he passed, which we have in our bookstore, which is all about making good dentists better. Can you just speak to that just for a second? Yeah, that was, that was Pete's passion. You know, when Pete, um, when, when Pete, his later years, you know, he was a wealthy man. He didn't need to still be working, but all he cared about was helping. He wants dentists to get the maximum out of their, out of their profession. You know, he, there's no better choice. I mean, everybody who's a dentist, you made a great decision to become a dentist because even if you're just making the average money, you're, you're, you're still in the top 5% of this country. Yeah. And, you know, to be in the top 1% of the world, you have to make $32,000 a year. So no matter what, you're blessed, right? right? But it doesn't mean that you can't maximize your blessing. Right. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Buddy, I'm so grateful that you'd come by and <laughs> hang out with us. Here. So stick around um, while we say goodbye to everybody else. If you guys have not, you know, if you don't, if you weren't taking notes today, here's how this works. We were taking notes for you. So wherever you're consuming this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, flip up to the show notes. You're going to see links to everything that Lenny and I talked about. Uh, you can get involved with the Dawson Academy. You can click on it. It'll take you right there. We're going to make it super easy for you. I'm going to highly encourage you to do it. It's going to change your life and uh, you will forever enjoy dentistry. And uh, I'm just so grateful. That Thanks, was brother. fun, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hey, man, I appreciate you being here. We're going to do another one on food immediately after. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> so. well, let me get some food. <laughs> All right. So until, thank you guys for tuning in today. Really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed today, just do us a favor, hit the share button, share with your friends. Keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. We're going to line them up. And until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys, enjoy your day. Take care. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.